cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. Should I introduce you now like as like Leonora from the American Spectator? No, you don't have to say that. You can say Leonora Cravota. The, my also working at the American Spectator is just, you know. My former co-host, no, co-host you know. on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you? <laughs> How about you say co-host on Fridays? Okay, we're just making it up as we go. Co-host on Fridays. And not always Fridays, because I was on last time on Wednesday, but it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so I guess it was sort of like a Friday. Now I'm confused. Oh, there you go. It doesn't take much. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Well, I was a little confused about the two candidates. uh, Or no, they weren't candidates, really. Not not in earnest. Um, Gavin Newsom and... uh, the sanctimonious. The sanctimonious. You know what it is? I think people <clears throat> like the idea of the two of them going up against each other. They like the idea of a warm weather state battle. And that's where I think some of the interest is in this concept. Although on both fronts, Joe Biden is still the president. Like it or not, he's still the president. And on the other front... Wait, don't uh, even I, say that. He's, no, he's a fake president no, let me, let won me, by election let, rigging. Hey, let me make my point. In terms of the practicality of this matchup, Joe Biden is still the candidate. Unless they find somebody else where that's what they're trying to argue is it could be Newsom. It's not a real realistic situation. On the other side, Trump is leading in the race. So the likelihood that the sanctimonious or whatever he's called is going to be the candidate is next to null. So this is actually more of a match of the imagination than a match of practicality, in my opinion. But people like the idea of putting California against Florida. They love going through the statistics. They love talking about the nice weather and the beaches and all that. And and they're both, you know, somewhat, you know, DeSantis is younger than Newsom, but they're somewhat younger candidates. And, and they're some, warm weather, weather states. And yeah, I that's think that, what I said. The warm weather states is I a big that, deal. I think that that... Uh, that is actually the crux of it. Yeah, is is uh, the 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 only appeal that happened about that debate was why are people leaving California and why are they uh, people 
showing up in Florida. So you could take that from New York or you could take that from California. And, and the thing is, is that it's Democrat policies. People are fleeing Democrat policies and they're going to red, red states. And what's sad about that is they take their ilk with them. They don't learn their lessons. And it's a, it's a bit of a, you know, kind of like a weird thing why Democrats choose to do that. You know, there's a lot of Democrats. We're going to cover a little bit of this with uh, today's show is going to be uh, centered around free speech, speech in general, censorship, government overreach, First Amendment. We're going to cover a lot of that today. And we're also going to play a couple of choice clips from the uh, debate. And again, I think when they put this debate together, uh, Leonora, I think that when they put this debate together, I think that they thought that Newsom was somehow because remember when Newsom was in the White House, and yes, doing a little bit of a photo op, and then remember when uh, I think a lot of people thought that the Sanctimonious had all the money and that somehow Trump was going to become old school, old news, yeah, and and they thought that the indictments were going to prevail in a better way than they have. And they were going to stop the Trump train. And it turns out you can't stop the people. 300 million people uh, love Trump. I, 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 maybe that's that's an overreach. Maybe, but it's, I think it's a big, bigger number. I think it's bigger than 60% of the country loves Trump. I think that they understand now something that they didn't understand back in 2015. I think that people are, are fully understanding what the heck is going on? So we're going to play a couple of clips on that. Before I get there, a couple of things. You got COP28. What's COP28? The United Nations Climate Change Conference, mm-hmm. right? And it says here, Charles, uh, King Charles, uh, let's see, Sun- Rishi Sunak, Cameron, and King Charles each take their own private jets to travel to COP28. Yeah. How hypocritical is that ken paxton is back we've talked about ken paxton in texas ken paxton you know was being prosecuted by the carl rove uh, bush dynasty arm of the texas republican party and he prevailed thank goodness and he single-handedly saved texas ken paxton did and ken paxton understands the root of the evils of election fraud well now he's going after pfizer he's an ag over in texas right mm-hmm. and he says i am suing pfizer for misrepresenting COVID 19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse about it like we couldn't talk about it again getting back to censorship right the censorship is a big deal because we are People are dying because they're not getting the right news. They're not getting the truth. They're not. You know, it's sort of like saying, oh, um, you know, it's not going to, we're not going to have a hurricane. And people die from that news, that misinformation. They do. If a hurricane comes and you're still in the storm's way. Um, They actually call Maryland the free state. Blue state will continue to enforce handgun laws even after it was declared unconstitutional. Hmm. All right. Democrats are running on a platform. You know what their platform is? Make COVID great again. They want that mask. They want that mail-in ballot. They want that early voting. They want to, 
import the pandemic through the open borders, which is complete hypocrisy because when you think about the idea that they're so concerned about your health, but then they allow any Tom, Dick, and Harry to come through the open borders. And by Tom, Dick, and Harry, I mean fighting age males. Well, well, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, we've talked about this many times. Uh, Recently, when I talked about my review of the Rand Paul book, uh, Deception, you know, he made the point that the masks were basically theater. At a certain point, uh, the masks were not effective. You, unless you had some type of industrial strength mask, it's not going to do anything. The yeah. common cloth <clears throat> mask is not going to do anything other than be a virtue. It was signal. all a pack of lies. They it's virtue signaling, it to, and yeah. and they and you know they ruined. They did irreparable damage to our children by shutting down schools and, and ruined and, small businesses and to our institutions. Do you believe the NIH anymore? No. Did they lose no. all credibility? Absolutely. How about the FBI? How about the Department of Education, yeah. you know, that wants to indoctrinate your children? How about the FBI that wants to uh, break down your door if you're a conservative? How about the Department of Justice that wants to go after Trump but not go after Biden, right? right. So, I mean, come on, man. It's so easy to see, right? We have no faith in our government, and uh, I don't think they'll ever get it back. The CIA, they killed a president. And nobody wants to admit it. And we're you know, still talking about you this got 60 Michael, years later. But you got Michael Hayden. And you got this new CIA uh, woman that's basically saying, hail to Hamas. You know, down with the Jews. You know, I mean, unbelievable Nazi-style, Holocaust, uh, Hitler-esque kind of sh- stuff. I almost said it. Uh, stuff going on in the CIA. Right. Uh, and and they're just a bunch of pencil-pushing uh Overeducated, latte drinking, soy boys in the CIA and the State Department. And it's ridiculous. I can't believe that they're running the world with their foreign policy, overthrowing governments, and colluding with evil players like George Soros and the World Economic, they call it the WEF. The WEF. The, the WEF. World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab, a German Nazi. And Nothing for nothing. But so we're going to get to the debate. It wasn't really a debate. It was a bunch of mudslinging and a bunch of gotcha moments. And it was, I guess, entertaining. I didn't watch it. I imagine that the ratings are going to be pretty low. We watched some highlights. Yeah. But probably not as low as the Republican debates with Nikki Haley, who's a loser. Yeah. And a bunch of other snooze people like Chris Christie. And 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 did you hear about Jamie Dimon? Uh, J.P. Morgan CEO, who, as our listeners know, I used to work for Chase. He is telling people to vote for Nikki Haley. I mean, this is just insane. Wow. Well, yeah. who cares what Jamie Dimon? No, thinks? I know, but it's you know she's not a good candidate. She's awful. And you know, if Jamie Dimon is is saying that, and you know, and we got this piece uh, with Elon Musk uh, that we're going to play for you today as well. We have a great show today. Um, Elon Musk, you know, basically saying, "You want to, you want to bribe me? You want to, you want to basically extort me? You're not going to give me your advertise." So Disney, everybody's banning Disney. I'm, yeah, I've been, I've been banning Disney for what they're doing. But um, Disney stinks. Their last three movies have been all losers. Uh, they can't make a winning picture because they're so woke. And that. Um, What's his name? Iger? Uh, um, Bob Iger? Bob Iger. Not to be confused with Michael Eisner. <laughs> right. So, so Bob Iger uh, basically stepped in it and said, well, we're not comfortable e- e- advertising with Twitter. 
so we're going to, you know, until we they censor themselves, until they do the right thing and push the woke propaganda, we're not going to advertise with them. And Elon Musk basically said, F you. <laughs> and he says, you hear literally, that, Bob? He didn't basically say it. He <clears throat> literally said it. We have a bleeped out version of that that we're going to play today. Um, so, the, again, it all ties into censorship, misinformation, disinformation, and the fact that we have zero uh, news cycle media coverage today. It's probably the first time in our history that we don't have a news apparatus now because it's all been exploited and you know, through, um, I mean, I give credit to Trump derangement syndrome for this, you know, explosion. But basically what it, what it is is an explosion of a rock that has, you know, lifted off of its surface. And you see all the maggots beneath the rock. They were once hiding in the dark. And now sunlight is upon them. And you see just... Nothing but like you just got to plow that over. There's no way you could fix that, right? You have to, you have to plow it over. So Twitter is really the last frontier for free speech, mm-hmm. the last frontier, and that's why it's so critical. And it's probably now the most respected, in some circles, the you know place to go for news. And and the problem with that <clears throat> is. They're attacking it. That's why they're attacking it. And these corporations are attacking it. And and I've always said, Twitter has always been, for the last several years, five years, I've been using Twitter as my sole and chief news aggregator. That's what I use. A lot of people wonder where I get all my information. I do have sources. I have good sources. And, and I, I have journalistic uh, techniques that I use. And I do a lot of research. But... Twitter is such a great aggregator. People need to realize that. I, I always am dumbfounded when I talk to people on Facebook and they say, I don't do Twitter. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you really want to find the, the truth in the news, you can do your best research on Twitter. It's just built differently. Um, in any case, all right. So let's take a listen. This uh, this debate that happened uh, between Newsom and, uh, and DeSanctimonious, um, basically two, two losers, and uh, at this point, um, DeSanctimonious was a winner when he was Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and he was running Florida. Right. But, you know, he went against the Trump train and he showed himself to be a bit of a fool uh, following the path of Paul that Paul Ryan and Carl Rove laid out for them and sniffing all that money up. Um, but in any case, Fox News sent a crew to Georgia where Ron DeSantis is debating Gavin Newsom and the entire diner is voting for Trump. Trump was the winner again. Who do you think is going to win this election? Trump. What about you, sir? Trump. Yep. And what about you, sir? Donald Trump. Ditto. Ditto. What about you? Same. You think Donald Trump's going to win? What about yes, you, sir, sir. I think so, too. So, of course... Uh, we're in Georgia, and it's pretty much Trump country, so I'm not surprised that you, you got a lot of folks that feel like Donald Trump is going to And yet he's being indicted by Fannie Willis. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, right? Um, all right, we got a couple of clips here that were pretty pretty good winners. Democrats 2020. Oh, let's see. Uh, right here. Here we go. Ron DeSantis reveals Gavin Newsom's own father-in-law fled commie uh, California. Let's take a listen. 
Here's what I would say. I, I talked to a lot of the people that have moved from California to Florida, and we never used to get people from California to Florida or really anywhere in these, because why would you leave California? It's got the best weather, Ron, great Ron, natural forces. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, so, but one of the things that I did, I had, uh, I was talking to a gentleman, a couple. Guys, I'm going to let the debate breathe. But it's his turn. Let's take, let's take turns. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why, are we, why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see, in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement because we don't get that support in the All state right. of California. So people understand me, quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right. And I can tell you the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more people move moving on. to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving California than are moving into more California. Let me, let me come. Well, you know, yeah, it's a great opportunity for Ron yeah. to uh, promote his goods because yes. his track record in Florida is what he should have run on right. all along. And, uh, and he should have distanced himself from Paul Ryan, who's a, you know, an absolute globalist uh, piece of crap. So, you know, he should have distanced himself from, from the Bush dynasty, from Jeb Bush, from... Uh, Carl Rove, right. all of that he should have distanced himself from. He should have actually aligned himself like Vivek did with Trump. Right. And he would have done a lot better, um, but he didn't. All right, so DeSantis holds up a map of to Newsom that people used to know where poop is. So people use, they use the map to know where the poop is to void it on the streets of San Francisco. Well, looking at total time, Governor DeSantis, yeah, about this, two this, minutes. This, 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 he is, needs it. this is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what... It's so funny to see Gavin Newsom on that. And he's like, oh, come on. This is, what, like, oh, this is beneath us. <laughs> what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's oh, ever on. had. Oh. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets <laughs> with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags. Well, I'm looking at Oh, that was great, though. You got you to gotta, you gotta appreciate it for the beauty that it is. All right, so Gavin Newsom has shown the sexually explicit books her, uh, he, his citizens, uh, that citizens uh, banned. Okay, so we don't provide for K, Newsom says this, we don't provide K through third grade education, that kind of curriculum. These guys make it up. Ten seconds later, what I find offensive is very significant number uh, of these books happening 
to be LGBTQ books. All right, let's take is, a look. Is, are the book banning issues, is that not a state issue? Is that a state issue or a local it's issue? local, and, he, and he's... Okay, I, that's what I want to know. The home book wasn't but there. Let me, that here's was the not, question okay, I have. Yeah. 1,400 let me, Here's the question have I have for you, uh, Governor Newsom. Um, some of the books you're talking about, one is called, the governor just brought it up, it's called Gender Queer, a memoir, explicit pornographic book showing sex acts. Another, Flamer, graphic book about young boys performing sex acts at summer camp. Uh, this book is gay, a book containing instructions on the ins and outs of gay sexuality. Let me finish. Uh, let's talk about it, a book that contains graphic descriptions about how to masturbate for males and females. My question to you, Governor Newsom, those books, do you believe that's appropriate for school districts to teach kids, yes or no? Not, come on, those are not, it's not part of the curriculum. They're not Excuse teaching those kids are the, that. that was, those it. are books that were in school. Hold on, that's a hold lie. On. They are. The bottom line is you are on a book banning binge, your state. 1,406 books, 3,362 in this country. You didn't answer. Florida what about leading, those no, books? Florida. That's not, we don't provide for K through third grade education, that kind of curriculum. It's just made up. These guys make it up. It's part of this cultural purge. Should it it's be? It's just a you, made what grade, up What grade would it be what acceptable? I find, but what I find what offensive, Sean and Ron, what I find offensive is the, a very significant number of these books happen to be LGBTQ books. A significant number of these books you think it's happen appropriate to be around African-Americans. Do you think it's appropriate I told you, we don't teach that. We don't teach that. We have sex education in middle schools and high schools where it's appropriate. This is a ginned-up, made-up issue to divide this country. You talk about dividing this country, this is part of the culture war, the weaponization of grievance. This is part okay. using education. Well, We're focusing on math, science. We're focusing on reimagining our school We're system. We're going to get to education. criminalizing teachers so, and criminalizing librarians. They check out they the wrong the book. schools to impose... Uh, a liberal agenda, social justice. They have this ethnic studies where they're dividing people. That's what they're doing. But let me just say something about parents' rights, because he Bobby. says California respects parents' rights. This is rich. He's been telling a lot of whoppers tonight. This may be the biggest. In California, if you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, your minor choices. child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent and get hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation yeah all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that well, you know honoring parents' rights when you're bringing people from out of state to go around their parents' backs and getting life-altering surgeries? That is radical. That you know, is Ron, extreme. These kids that is an assault on live. parents' rights. You know what? Ron, it's not this for is, you to decide. These, it's for the parents to decide. And the parents do not want their kids survive. going to these this, other honestly, things. Let these me go to a follow-up. Let me, let me stay on a follow-up. Let's they turn to, to the issue of Where's education. The decency and humanity Let, and grace when it comes to The decency of taking, ripping Attacking somebody away. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. So it got kind of crazy there. But, you know, they wanted to kid. They wanted to ban Leonora. They wanted to ban uh, the Kill Mockingbird. Yeah. Oh, that's been going on for years. Yeah. And uh, because, remember, baby, um, baby, it's cold outside. Baby, that well, song? that's that also has been a controversy for more than ten years. They want to ban it because they think it's uh, so the advocating uh, sexual violence towards women. Which was during the Me Too, and then the the Killing Mockingbird, uh, and all kinds of other well, stuff. People forget when that Ad 16... Atticus Finch was yeah. defending the black yeah, yeah. person. But when it comes to six. 1619 or LGBTQ. Um, oh, well, when it comes to 1619 or like race, and when it comes to homosexuality, they they think differently 
than when it comes to religion or anything else. So it's it's absolutely stunning. Um, got a couple more of these. Let's see, Ron DeSantis. Um, well, go well. Okay, we'll go ahead and take a caller right right now. Um, caller, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Scott. Leonard. Good morning. Hey, I just I just have one thing to say to all these Democrat retards. When you take up the cause of losers, criminals, and freaks, you're going to find yourself populated with nothing but losers, criminals, and freaks. And you're going to have depopulation, which is what they want. Because last I checked, yeah. two people from the same sex can't get pregnant. Right? They yeah. can't reproduce. Well, that's all so. I had to say. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks, you know, that's the point, though. I mean, the point is, is that they are... Um, they are pushing this agenda to to create you know to distance distance the population away from religion yeah. right they want you to get off the christianity uh, judaic christian value train and they want to put you on this train of complete what's the word for it you know decay Okay, right? they want they yeah. want it to be a completely secular world. Exactly. They want to separate religion and people keep forgetting that our nation was built on Judeo-Christian bedrock. It was built on those yeah, foundations. Yeah, that keeps people that 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 reduces crime, that keeps people hopeful in in, in, in God times we of struggle. trust it's on our money. And and uh it also empowers God over government. They want government to be the sole supreme power. And God is threatens that because it's hard to get people away from their family. So they're breaking up the family, nuclear family, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's hard to get people away from their God. And and so that's the two things that they're attacking. Right. Right? Your God and your family, they're destroying those two things is what they're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. And then, you know, you always hear these things. God and country yeah. and family, yeah, right? So they're also, with this one world order and these open borders, what are they doing? They're destroying your country. They're, you they're, People don't even know what they're fighting for now. Am I fighting for the First Amendment that doesn't exist or the Second Amendment that doesn't exist? Am I fighting for the uh, Fourth Amendment that no longer exists with searches and seizures? Right, we're being spied upon all the time. Our guns are being banned, and our speech is being censored. What are we actually fighting for, folks? It's crazy. So this is what they're doing. They're attacking your family, your God, and your country. That is what they're doing, and they're using climate and COVID and um, fake disinformation from the press. Yeah. To gaslight the population. They're using the educational department to indoctrinate your children. It's crazy. Well, that's and I why can't COVID worked for the, this stuff. That is why COVID worked for the left, because they were able to use the distance learning as a way to indoctrinate your children. And the, the scary side effect for um, those on the other side was that we found out what exactly was going in on in the schools when parents, the, the, the involved parents, saw what curriculums their, their children were studying when, yeah. because that when, when they were at home and saw what was going on. And you know what's amazing, too, is like how the media has come out on favor of Hamas and the CIA favors Hamas, you know, yeah. the, the, the bunch of crap. 
In London, there are around 500 mosques, you know, Islamic mosques. Yes. Why do they pay, why do they pray in the streets and parks every day? Recruitment. Yeah. That's what that's for. That is for recruitment. And that why, is a, Yes, it's also for theatrics, yeah. but it's to recruit people. Yeah. And, and the gays have, uh, what, a whole month? Oh, you pride? know what? In Alexandria, I just found out about this. Alexandria, well, Alexandria the Virginia. There's yeah. now going to be a rainbow path. On the street near where um, near where I work, that that's not far from the city this hall. This is the government tax dollars doing this. And then how about this? You remember when Black Lives Matter paved Park Avenue and Mayor, Mayor De Blasio? And then how about when Mayor ba- ba- Bowser? Yeah, did it uh, in D.C. D- did it in D.C. in front of the well, White House. Well, this is more of that genre. Yeah, that's what's happening in. Uh, and, and then you all got this the climate initiative, the United Nations. They're in session from November 30th to all the way to, yeah. to December 12th. Right. So they got basically almost a month of climate uh, conference at the United Nations. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy, right? right? These are all agendas that are being perpetrated. Why do the conservatives not have an organized agenda to fight back against this? All right, so we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of our show today. Um, I wanted to uh, talk about this censorship, and then I have this really great clip from uh, Whitney Webb that's going to talk about the dangers and what's about to happen in, in, in our world. Klaus Schwab has predicted a cyber attack um, just in time for the central bank digital currency. Huh. Hmm. So, like, your money's not real. It's not cash. It's not gold. It's digital. Then there's a cyber attack, and then somehow your money, what what does it do? It just vanishes because it's no longer on a spreadsheet? And who do you think they're going to blame? Because the easiest false flag attacks are always cyber. You can create a blueprint of any proportion, you know, the Hunter Biden was a Russian hack attempt, you know, uh, all this stuff. Russians did it. The Russians, remember the Russian hoax? Yeah. The the Russians, uh, Trump supported the Russians and the Russians hacked into the DNC server. No, that, did, that, wasn't, that didn't happen. That never happened. And so um, they, they fake these scripted codes. Look, I'm an IT guy for 30 years. I know about hacking. And I can tell you, you can mimic any hack and say, this string was widely used in Russia, and so it has all the earmarks of, of, of Russian tradecraft coming out of Russia. Okay, and then what? So Russia is now the villain that downed, it took all your money, and really what it was was the Rothschilds and all their disciples yeah. that have taken your money. I'm telling you, the G7 globalist West is more evil than anything coming out of Russia at this point. And the G7 globalist West that's more evil than Russia, one of the dominant players in all that is our own State Department and our own CIA. They're the evil ones. And they sit there with their little sweaters and tweed jackets and uh, drinking their lattes. And they are as villainous as anything you've ever seen. And they talk a good game. But listen, so this was on Capitol Hill yesterday, so here we go. 
uh, this was uh, Schellenberger and Dan Goldman saying, well, 65% of free speech is not so bad. <laughs> oh, it's not like, okay, 65% of the uh, government, uh, you know, of the media. So there's 35% dissent of the government propaganda. That is terrorism. But the 65% that's being bombarded and blasted out on social media by the governments, paid for by your tax dollars, oh, that part can stand. But it's the other part that's fighting up against it, showing the falsehoods of the COVID scamdemic, plandemic, or the falsehoods uh, and the perpetual lies about election fraud. And you showcase video after video of real fraud happening, real deception, real problems, empty hospitals when they say they're full of COVID patients and things like that. Well, that's terrorism. You know, talking about the indoctrination of our children, those parents at Loudoun County in Virginia were all deemed terrorists by the FBI and not allowed to speak. So, you know, this is what this is all about. The government represents about 65% of the pollution in the news, and they don't want that 35% pushing against it because the truth and the sunlight and the transparency is what they're trying to end, and that's why they're going after Twitter. Part of the operation was to change the terms of service. So you see them constantly trying to change the terms of service, you see them, it was 35% of, of the URLs that were, this according to EIP, were labeled, removed, or soft blocked. That's all forms of censorship. That censorship is not just removal. But 65% were not. So how can the government be so, so coercive? So does the First Amendment say that the government can censor the First Amendment say the government can censor Time of the gentleman has They're not censoring. They're flagging in the social Chair media companies. So under coercion, 35% of a First Chair, Amendment? Or? It's not the First Amendment. It's the terms of service, as you said, and they are flagging it for the social media companies to make their own decisions. That is not the First Amendment. That is the terms of service. Well, just seen them. Congressman, you're an attorney. You know that the four federal judges have already ruled that and I know that it's on appeal in front of the Supreme Court right now okay. <laughs> uh, this that debate was very constructive. Whoa, that was I fun. think that got to the heart of the issue well that's it that was the heart of the issue 65 percent of free speech is enough it's yeah. provided that the part that's not censored is yeah. the government's propaganda yeah. part yeah. <laughs> Does that render you speechless? I'm speechless. That's it. I'm speechless, and we are on the radio. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's take a listen to this. I can't explain this it. This is Matt uh, I, mean, I grew up. Um, he can't explain a it traditional either. traditional kind of liberal. I, I donated to the ACLU my whole life, uh, and I got most of my ideas about speech from uh, Democrats, people like Frank Church and Paul Wellstone and Russ Feingold and there is no element of that left in the Democratic Party. In fact, today was kind of an epiphany for me. I, I've kind of given up trying to convince people in this party to care about this issue. They just do not anymore. Uh, it's not, not a value that they uh, treasure at all. Yeah, that that says it all right there, right? This is Matt Talibi, who is uh, part of the Twitter file exactly. release. 
So then we got this other part where Dan Goldman's blaming Russia. Remember what I was talking yep. about? The Russian hackers, yes, right? Yes, I remember. Russian? So, you know, you can blame Russia for everything, including the Hunter Biden laptop. Let's take a listen to Dan. Dan Goldman was on the impeachment trial. He was one of the lawyers uh, working with Adam Schiff to impeach President Trump over the Zelensky call. Okay? That's how corrupt this whole government is. You have no idea. You know you hard drives can be that it's a manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post could See? participate in a conspiracy See what he's to saying? construct yeah. the contents of a... He's saying, you know hard drives can be manipulated? Yeah. Hunter Biden laptop? <laughs> no, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. Well, what's the evidence that that, that happened? What's well, the there is actual evidence of it, but the point is it's There's not no the evidence same thing. No so evidence. you're engaging in a conspiracy. I'm glad... Okay. The- right. So that's, that's, the, that's, that's it right there, right? Okay. So so let's take a listen to this one last part. Remember that last clip. Yeah. Remember it. I will okay? remember it. The Russian because I got something else coming that's going to be a doozy. A doozy, folks. All right, so let's take a listen to this. This is uh Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh making a mockery of this whole committee by acting like, you know, conflating uh a live murder on Facebook with Free speech, okay. That's how she had to go. Do you do you believe that, Leonora? I mean, it's you know again we're, we've gotten to the ridiculous in what we acknowledge these days. Yeah. No, but this is uh, insane. That this is not serious thinkers in in Congress. She's conflating a live action murder on Facebook video live stream with. Free speech over the Hunter Biden laptop or the propaganda that's being spilled out by LGBTQ to our children in school. She's conflating the two. I think it's just so insulting to the First Amendment. It's beyond insulting. Should social media companies allow rape and murder to be live streamed by terrorists on their platforms in order to create fear and incite violence? I believe that would violate their terms of service. Would it so, not? so your answer is no. It, it should not. Do, they, they should not be allowed to do that. Live stream rape and murder. No, right. I, think that, I think that would count as speech that would be prohibited under their terms. Good, of service. good. You do have absolutist policies, um, but I do least, not have absolute. Least, I, do, I do not have. Please don't interrupt me. If a Homeland Security official echoed your opinion, you would call it censorship. What do you say to that? She's such a wicked, evil person. Well, I've never liked her because I've, you know, again, you know, we remember what happened with her with the corruption during Imran the DNC. Imran Yeah. Remember Imran uh, Awan uh, and Imran. Seth Rich? Yeah, all of that. We're going back to the <clears throat> DNC in 2016. Yeah. But this is just a misplaced perspective. You know, when you are, as you said, conflating, you know, live murders and live rapes, uh, you know, streaming, et cetera, with yeah. just a basic right to investigate what is going on? How our money is we, being we're spent? Not allowed Corruption to debate. within our country. If I debate climate change on Facebook, I get banned. If right. I debate COVID uh, response on Facebook, I get banned. There are trigger words. Yeah. There are certain trigger words. And it's not just Facebook. It's YouTube. It's Google. It's a whole bunch of places where if you use certain words, and they can be relatively innocuous words, but they're already being highlighted as words that even though they're generic in the way that they sound, that are leading towards something else. All right. So everybody, put your uh, caps on. Put your, uh, not tinfoil caps. <laughs> no. 
Get your head around this one, okay? This is a little bit more complicated and a little bit more complex. So I want you to not, you know, like put the dishes down or pay attention to this one because it's going to be hard to sort of keep with. But this is um, this is a piece of dialogue, uh, some analysis that I think is just brilliant by uh, uh, Whitney Webb. And I want you all to hear it, but pay attention closely to what she's saying and you know it's a little bit more complicated um and so it's radio and and so Mm -hmm. just like try to keep your head stick with it Mm -hmm. we're going to give some analysis after we listen to this clip but pay close attention to this this is this is the this is the reel i was really looking forward to playing and sharing with you all and i'm going to start it now so this was said at the WEF annual meeting earlier this year in January by uh, the WEF managing director, Jeremy Jurgens. Okay, WEF, World Economic Forum. Okay, that's what she means when she says WEF. Like it's, the new acronym. Yeah, it's the World Economic Forum. And uh, Jurgens, as well as the WEF itself, has been involved in a series of simulations for several years now that I'm sure a lot of people in your audience are familiar with, uh, <clears throat> called Cyber Polygon, which has been directly affiliated with uh, Russia's government, as well as some of Russia's biggest banks and some of the biggest commercial banks um, in the world, and also backed by a lot of uh, U.S. federal agencies, which is ironic when you consider you know, all the about alleged, alleged Russian hacks over the years. They're very willing under the guise of the WEF to uh, collaborate with the, you know, supposed hackers um, responsible for everything bad, you know, for several years ago. Um, So that's quite revealing. Um, But aside from Cyber Polygon, there's a lot that the WEF seeks to accomplish um, as it relates to the cyber realm. And they've been collaborating in a lot of ways with these same big banks and also American intelligence agencies in unprecedented ways that has not really gotten any coverage over the past several years. And a lot of this is housed within a public-private partnership the WEF manages called the World Economic Forum Partnership Against Cybercrime. And uh, these, uh, this particular organization, uh, back a, a few years ago, gamed out with the Carnegie Endowment um, along with the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, the European Central Bank, so some of the biggest central banks in the world, as well as some of the biggest commercials in the world, like Bank of America and J.P. Morgan, um, how essentially the U.S. financial system was due to be uh, the victim of a massive cyber attack. And if you're familiar with how things have been going in the U.S. financial or banking system recently, uh, things are not in a very good state at all. And regardless of if... in you know, if there would be or will be a cyber attack in the near future, um, the banking and financial system in the in the United States is in uh, deep doo doo, right? So, right. Uh, if you're the big banks and the intelligence agencies, you want to avoid what happened after the 2008 economic crisis, where there was unprecedented anger at Wall Street because the whole hope and change. Okay, Wall- so listen to this. So, in 2008, everybody was pointing fingers at the banks. Yeah. So now with central bank digital currency and these big banks that are being consolidated as the Federal Reserve is in on this thing, yes. jacking up the rates, pushing out the regional banks, allowing the big banks to buy up the regional banks for a song. I mean, for on the cheap, yep. right? A discount. And people like Jamie Dimon are laughing all the way to the bank, no pun intended. No, uh, and you pun mentioned definitely Jamie, intended. And you mentioned Jamie Dimon's politics earlier yeah. in the show. 
right? And so, you know, there's a reason why it is that Jamie Dimon is on the side of globalism. And there's a reason, because he's going to be one of the big banks, Chase, right? J.P. Morgan Chase. So what I'm saying is follow these messages because Jamie Dimon and the central banks and the big banks are all that's going to be left after the Federal Reserve puts the regional banks out of business, number yeah. one. And you're going to have no autonomy, no freedom, no no anima, a, 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 anonymous. I want to say the word anonymous. So no anonymity. Anonymity, yes. And um, so you're not going to have any of that. But unlike in 2008 where everybody knew the villain was the big banks, well, the cyber crimes, which Klaus Schwab has already predicted before 2025 or 26 or 27, um, there's going to be this big, huge cyber crime. They can blame Russia. So that basically the banks are going to play the role of victim while they steal all your money. Let's continue. Um, uh, PSYOP, essentially a a cyber attack in the near future. Um, The banking and financial system in the the United States is in uh, deep doo-doo, right? So uh, if you're the big banks and the intelligence agencies, you want to avoid what happened after the 2008 economic crisis where there was unprecedented anger at Wall Street because the whole hope and change Obama uh, PSYOP, essentially, is probably not going to work again. So... How do you allow that collapse to happen? Because it has to happen in such a way that the banks and the government are essentially blameless. Well, have a cyber attack happen and you can literally blame any any nation state or group uh, for that hack. And we know this because of what WikiLeaks published right before Julian Assange was completely silenced and then later uh, arrested and dragged out Censorship. of the Ecuadorian embassy in London, mm-hmm. uh, Vault 7. Yeah. Uh, which revealed things like the Umbridge program, among other things, that U.S. intelligence and other intelligence agencies that are affiliated with this WEF partnership against cybercrime have the ability uh, to place the fingerprints of any nation state actor they wish, including Russia, China, Iran, and really North Korea, any other group uh, as well, uh, not just nation states, put their fingerprints in a hack they actually commit themselves. And this is very significant because this offers, you know, these intelligence agencies unprecedented ability to have uh, to conduct false flag operations in the cyber realm. And uh, this group specifically has a lot of solutions aside from, you know, things with the banking system that they cannot really justify implementing unless there is some sort of large cyber attack. So what does the WEF partnership against cybercrime want? Um, they're very open that they want a regulated internet and they're essentially seeking a policy that was, uh, efforts were made to implement during the Obama administration in the U S they called it. This is why they wanted a truth czar. This is why they want to control speech on the internet. The whole thing. They want to, uh, normalize the, and condition people into thinking the government should control the internet. Right. Yeah. The drivers and for the speech internet. is just a, um, so an appetizer to a bigger uh, power grab. Essentially, what this um, 
public-private partnership that the WEF is pushing for is for every person's access to the internet to be tied to a digital ID uh, or a government-issued ID, but presumably a digital ID just because of where government... And that's where COVID came in. Yeah, that's COVID, exactly it. vaccine passports, digital ID systems. Issued ID programs are all uh, going essentially around the world. And the goal of that, of course, if you're... Ideas linked to your internet access. Uh, intelligence agencies know exactly what media you, you are consuming uh, in terms of you know what you read and also what you post online. And that has been the goal for a very, very long time. Um, so it, people aren't necessarily going to consent to that unless uh, they are made to believe that anonymity and privacy online are dangerous. So... Um, how exactly can you convince people that that needs to happen? Well, you have some sort of event where anonymous hackers um, do something <clears throat> online that causes major disruption globally, and then the consent can be manufactured through fear and panic. As and what did we get after 9-11? We got the Patriot Act. Exactly. Right? So what do we get after a cyber attack? We get... No longer can you be anonymous on the internet. Well, what happens is every time some type of crisis happens, they play Big Brother. And yeah. ostensibly, it's to protect us, but really it is to control us and use the government internet as a, as an arm of propaganda. And, you know, we're just, you know, sliding towards communism. And constitution be damned. Exactly. As is often done. Uh, that so you get the idea. We're going to have, we have a couple of other clips I have to share. But um, we, uh, that is scary stuff. Very okay? scary stuff. I got this from, um, this is uh, Whitney Webb, who just spoke. I got that from um, uh, 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 Clay, Clay, Clayton Morris, uh, re redacted. Yeah, his, his show. show is very interesting, the show that he's currently doing with oh, his Oh, absolutely. Wife. But watch that. Now, the other thing that was going on was this uh, George Santo uh, Believe it or not, leave it to Matt Gates to stand up for this guy. Um, and I like the way Matt Gates did it because he says, I don't know this guy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, but he's not convicted, unlike some others. Let's take a listen to this clip. Then we still got to get to Elon Musk's clip. So we want to hear that. Well, let's take a listen. I do not believe that the Long Island crew is acting in bad faith, just exceedingly bad judgment. And here's why. Since the beginning of this Congress, there's only two ways you get expelled. You get convicted of a crime, or you participated in the Civil War. Neither apply to George Santos. And so I rise not to defend George Santos, whoever he is, but to defend the very precedent that my colleagues are willing to shatter. Now, let's speak to due process. Mr. Santos hasn't been convicted of anything, but we haven't even moved to expel the people who have. Mr. Bowman pled guilty to a misdemeanor for his little fire alarm stunt. Weeks and he goes on. He talks about Menendez with gold bars yeah, with yeah, Arab type yeah. on them. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, Remember, the 1619 Project was never intended to be just a bunch of newspaper articles. It was designed to rewrite American history for millions of school children. That's another thing. Um, this is the one I wanted to play also. This is Elon Musk. Let's take a listen to this. Um, what was that trip like? And obviously, you know that there's a public perception that, and, and you're clarifying this now, 
Um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. <laughs> but go f*** yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of that? So he goes into all that. But uh, the thing is, is that Bob Iger spoke at that thing um, earlier and basically tried to do this highbrow globalist thing. People are canceling their, their Disney subscriptions like, there's no tomorrow. So that's great. All right, Leonora, uh, you are right. You wrote a wonderful article over at the American Spectator.org. It's called Spectator.org. Right. It's American. called, and the name of the article is Sarkozy Court's Controversy with Pro Russia Comments. And it's a review of his new book. Well, it's new. It came out a few months ago. Le Temps de Combat, The Time of Battles. And basically, this is uh, about part of his time in office. And what what made the book controversial was he, similar to Donald, Donald Trump, advocated for a path for diplomacy with Russia. And he also advocated for not just giving a blank check to Ukraine. And he commented that Ukraine should be more like Switzerland. It should be neutral. It's an interesting book, gives a lot of other insights. And you were talking about the economy. He talked about the role of uh, capital having a moral responsibility you know, back when he was the head of the G8 and the G20 uh, during his mandate. So it's, it's, so it's an interesting book, well worth a read. And also check out my article, spectator.org. It, you can also look for me uh, uh, for the other pieces I've written, and I'm currently working on a piece about Warner Brothers, the studio's history. So that'll be out soon. Warner Brothers, yeah, we took a tour. Of well, Warner exactly, Brothers and, out I'm in gonna, uh, and I'm going to and I'm going to tie that into uh, the article about the tour and the role that this organization has played. What struck me about that tour? We got to see the Griffin, and we got the. Uh, but what they were, it was almost as if Friends was a live show. Well, well that's because Friends played pushing. so well with international audiences. Oh, okay. And they're they're trying to. They're get try, more. They're they're playing to the international ah, market. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Magapack.org or buglecall.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Buglecall.org has a list of our board members on there. Um, But magapack.org is our grassroots outreach. uh, Donations to magapack.org help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free and allows us to do this great research without having to do ad sales and stuff like that. Also, if you go over to MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravetta. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.